guys. Give us just a sec, and I will be having I Declare On a war today. seconds. We'll be on here shortly.
There should be a plus sign at the bottom. Not too bad. Hey, give me one second. I'm I'm a little uh, frazzled right now. I gotta find my uh, my earbuds. Oh, you're good, brother. Yeah. This is good. Uh, this is a good interview, huh? Uh, this is uh, it's been, this is my first interview of the year. Okay. Cool. Uh, here I started the podcast and my first guest was Sean Cameron from Carnifex okay cool I love Sean Sean's a good dude he's a big big teddy bear yes he is um, but I, how do I get these comments off there I'm new to this stuff uh, that's that is a question. That's what. That's my biggest problem. I have no idea. They go nuts. Yeah. A lot of the time, like to be honest, like the first time I did an interview, Sean was going to Australia, and someone like I didn't know what was going on until Sean's like this. I guess kangaroo have three vaginas, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, uh, what's going on here? And I was like, are, are, are you okay? That's a random fact that I didn't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, it's good to meet. You. I know you got. Um. So you guys been doing this as long as you guys have. You've been around since two thousand, the mid two thousands. Yeah, so the band has been around since 2006. I've been in the band since about 2010. Um, I was in some, some other bands before that. Um, yeah, yeah, we've been around for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, since the like MySpace days of deathcore. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves those days. Yeah. I uh, I think there's a lot. A lot of nostalgia that goes into that stuff that maybe, uh, I don't know, it's, if you, if you really, like, listen to it without, without like, a nostalgic ear, uh, it's starting to get pretty rough. Oh, yeah. It's crazy to think, like, how, like, back then, like, we didn't, like, Deathcore wasn't, like, the main hype of everything. And now you're seeing like deathcore is taking pretty much uh, deathcore, slamcore, and all those other ones, uh, and like everything's taken off like so successfully lately. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's pretty wild, you know. You see, uh, just through like the years of where deathcore kind of started as just kind of this subgenre that, uh, um, you know, was hit or miss. A lot of it was really like lurky jerky you know there wasn't like a lot of like structure to it it was like a lot of like 
it's part and a part and a part, you know, riff and a riff, kind of a riff soup sort of thing, where I think it kind of turned off a fair amount of people. Um, you know, so it, it uh, I think it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way, maybe. Uh, and then it also, you know, incorporated some stuff that uh, I think maybe irritated some of like the, uh, you know, the more elitist community, you know, with like the uh, the hardcore dancing and the the grooves and stuff like that. So I think that uh, that kind of turned people off for, for what feels like close to a decade. But slowly, there's been this like development in deathcore that has allowed people to really like I mean it's, it's hard to deny some of these bands you know some of them are just so, so fucking technical man like I mean you're you're, you're gonna talk to who are you talking to today from Crown uh, I'm talking to uh, Landon from Crown yeah dude I mean that band that band alone is like they're absolutely they're like they're really like setting the standard for how fast, not just like deathcore is, but how fast music can get right now. It's unbelievable how technical that stuff is. And you know, granted, they play breakdowns and stuff like that, and that stuff, you know, it's it slows things down, it breaks things up, but it's also you can't deny how fucking heavy it is. So it's it's just it's exciting to see this like big development in something that started out as kind of like a almost like a sideshow you know oh yeah it's definitely like so like i didn't get into the music scene like the like deathcore scene so i was i want to say maybe 2014 yeah because like i just like i had friends that gave me cds and i was more into metalcore back then like I will, uh, one of my friends called me the scene queen because I listened to Ask and Alexandria and all those bands that were popping off back then. But, like, he gave me a, uh, the first CD he ever made me listen to, I want to say, is All Shall Perish. That's a good start. And I was just like this, I just got to keep going and going with this stuff. And I just went heavier and heavier. He gave me the Keisha strain. He just was like, here, go nuts. Yeah. Yeah, man, I mean, it's, you know, it was it was an exciting time to be around because you were seeing all of this development and stuff like that, you know, especially because I, I did, I grew up listening to death metal and metalcore. I was, you know, around when kind of metalcore, I guess, started, sort of, kind of, I don't know, depends on who you ask, but whatever, I'm not a, I'm not a like that I don't I don't take that kind of stuff too seriously you know but you know being seeing those like Massachusetts bands that like absolutely exploded you know like Unner Shadows Fall Kill Switch uh, all, all their remains you know stuff like that and then you know there was like almost kind of the same thing was happening on the west coast with like uh, Bleeding Through and I'll Show Parish and you know stuff like that so it was like these like little pockets kind of the same way that like uh like punk and hardcore started you know there was like there was like areas that were kind of developing these little like pockets of deathcore or like metalcore and they all brought in their own little sound you know like 
the 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 mass sound when it, it for me it was a little bit more melodic, you know. Whereas the uh, the Orange County sound was like personally it was just tougher, you know. Eight eight divisions fucking bleeding through. That shit was just hard. It was hard as hell. I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that because I think a lot of math guys would 100 percent disagree with me on that. <laughs> you know, I love I love both both scenes a ton, but you know, just kind of starting out with that stuff, and you know, I was already in the bands like Cannibal Corpse, and uh, you know, fucking even like stuff like Slipknot and stuff like that. I loved all that stuff, so. I just wanted to find something more brutal and more brutal and tougher and, you know, heavier sounding. So it was always really exciting to be able to see these like developments happening. And I caught it right at the first wave of everything. So I saw all this stuff kind of like get bigger and tougher and the, the production. Strong, yeah, dude. And the production just got better too, which made things like personally way more palatable. So like bands that I might not have listened to originally, I got way into because the production got better. And I personally am a bit of a production guy. Like I know that a lot of people want, want that like raw, gritty, like, you know, basement sound. But I, I like a little bit of, you know, mixing and mastering touch on things. That's why, you know, I've always really taken, taken pride in the way, personally, the way that the records that, I declare war does and my old bands do because we always went to like a professional studio and I really, you know, I thought that that was kind of the touch that some bands might not have been, you know, as taking it, taking as much uh, time to really think about. Oh yeah. The one dude who I love absolutely who's doing stuff like that. Absolutely. Who took like head charges, stuff like that is Will Putney. Oh yeah. Yeah. Putney. I mean, if, if you had to pick like a single dude that's like shaped the sound of deathcore, it's that guy. I mean, he's 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 done some some really cool tricks that I think that everybody has utilized and uh, um, you know made it almost like a staple. You know, like he also introduced uh, a lot of like programming stuff that wouldn't have otherwise been introduced into deathcore and stuff like that, like programmed, you know, drums or like MIDI drums, stuff like that. As far as I know, I could be saying, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but you know, stuff like that. And like, you know, just like some, uh, some studio mastery that I, I really, really appreciate. You know, you listen to those, uh, those fit records, you know, they sound, they sound like, I personally think they sound as good as any, not only death metal, but like heavy metal or like rock or pop record out there. I mean, they're, they're crystal clear, but they still have like that little bit of grittiness and gut to it that you want. It's, it's important. You got to have that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. It's definitely like, like you said, it's definitely like, I feel like nowadays, like I've, like I have a, a group of friends that we all go to concerts and we all discussed like how like music has evolved over the years like we were talking about uh the, the my last show for last year was Lorna Shore's sold out tour yeah like how do we see like we see like nowadays we see that happen more and more now yeah. than we ever did back in the day 
It's so exciting, man. It's so exciting. I mean, I, you know, I was lucky enough to, personally, I think that I was on one of the bigger deathcore tours of all time. Um, I was on a, a white, cha- it was, so the white, it was a white chapel tour with white chapel, Asia strain, uh, white chapel, Acacia strain, Chelsea grin, us. And the shows were like massive, you know, like thousand, two thousand a night, unreal, like, you know, couldn't ask for anything better. All those shows didn't sell out, you know, so to see an entire tour sell out before, before the show, before the tour even started is such a huge, huge thing for just extreme music in general, you know? Oh, okay. Dude, I mean, it just, it, you know, it doesn't happen. So to have these bands that are like, you know, yeah, making cookie monster noises, like, <laughs> absolutely, like, block out venues, you know, no more, full capacity is so important. And I'm I'm excited to see it. I, I'm really excited and really happy that uh, a board was on it too, because you know those guys of all the bands on that tour, they absolutely deserve it the most because those guys are fucking legends. And you know what they've been doing is just it's they've been doing you know that that fast, fast technical stuff for like twenty years, and now they're finally really really getting the credit they deserve being you know, a pioneer of technical death metal. Oh, yeah. I definitely love Aborted. Oh, um, man. So, uh, I know you guys go on tour with <clears throat> Ingested here soon. Yeah. Shout out to the homies. I love those guys. Uh, I'm good friends with Jason. I'm supposed to talk to him soon, but he's probably so busy with Cannibal Corpse planning the next tour after tour. Um. Yeah. I'm so excited. So how that? Good. My friend said he heard something about the tour, but we didn't, like, I'm not going to say his name because he'll kick my ass next time I see him. Um, but he was talking to Jason about it. How did you guys get on the bill, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I think that uh, between no like, the, the ingested guys... Uh, and, uh, the booking agent that's booking the tour, I think that, uh, he's been a friend of mine for years, um, Dan, Dan Fonts, what's up, dude? Uh, I think that we just kind of regionally were in the right place to get added to something like that, you know? I, I think that, uh, we're, we're a Seattle band, I live in Portland, um, you know, so kind of makes sense that we would do the Seattle dates. I'm, I'm hoping maybe we can work, work something out and potentially jump on a couple more dates. I don't know. If that's, I don't know. We'll see. But um, anyway, yeah, I, it just it just kind of worked out that way. Um, I'm so fucking excited to be on it, though. Devourment is like, if, if I had to pick a, like a, like a goat, they're, they're the slam goats. So it's, it's, pretty, oh, yeah. it's pretty goddamn cool to to be a part of something like this. I'm, I'm very excited. I was, I took my cousin to 
like a record store and like he i got him into like the music because i was like when i was a kid i didn't have much i'd have like a brother to hand down cds so i was all like this he's 19 he's in college he lives in missouri he's gonna need music yeah. and i was all like this listen to this 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 and he's just like this every time you post something on um instagram i follow it and i have to listen to it and i'm just like this and i was i talked to him last night because i tell him what i'm doing in my life and i was telling him i was gonna interview you guys and he was all like this oh i like those guys and i was like my favorite song by you guys ever and i wish i could hear it live is fat fuck <laughs> Yeah, uh, we play that song pretty regularly live. I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, I think it's like our, our second or third most streamed song ever. So I, I, usually that's in our that's in our uh, our lineup of songs. So if, I don't know where you're at, but depending on down the road, if, if we uh, if we get out, I, I would imagine that it'll probably on be on the uh, the the list. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm based in Davenport, Iowa. Okay. The home of Seth Rollins, if you watch wrestling. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. I'm from the home of that man. Yeah. Uh, I'm from the state of Slipknot. Yeah. So I am a homeboy of Maggot. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, uh, yeah, I'm a Maggot. Proud. I, I go to Chicago and St. Louis for shows. Okay. Yeah, so... What are you like? What's that? Uh, Frankie's for Chicago. Is Frankie's in Chicago. I, I I like I started going to Chicago last year. Believe it or not, uh, like for a while there, I'd have friends who wanted to drive that far to Chicago. Yeah, because Chicago's a bit of a when you get into like the actual city, city, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Hey, are you going to, uh, you going to Pops or Fubar in St. Louis? Uh, I'm going to Pops, believe it or not. Uh, I've been to, I forget where I went. To. Last year was like my, my first year exploring other venues outside of Iowa. Yeah. And like my first experience was the House of Blues in Chicago. Yeah. And went to go see the boys in Die Murder. Yeah, it's a beautiful venue. The, oh, God, I love it. It's maybe the most cluster fucked loading I've ever been a part of because you have to load up like six stories so they take you up they load all your shit up in an elevator and it's like you get one elevator trip and then the rest you're up and down like six flights of stairs so it's a nightmare for for bands if you want to go up and down or merch guys if you want to grab more merch but the venue itself and the backstage is unbelievable um if you uh, if you end up in St. Louis, you said St. Louis, right? That's yep. A, a regular, okay, yeah. If you end up in St. Louis and you go to Foo Bar, take all your shit out of the car, lock the doors. Good chance, it's, you know, there's a chance you might get broken into, but it's the venue itself is so fucking nice. Like it's like perfect size. Like I think it's like a two hundred cap, two hundred fifty cap. The stage isn't too tall. It's like, actually, it's pretty short. It's like, maybe, you're maybe like two feet off the floor, so you're like, the energy's awesome there. I I actually really enjoy that menu. It's just, 
historically it's been a little bit risky for bands to go there because there's some some theft that happens uh, yeah it sucks i went to pops this year for the, like well last year for the first time yeah and i got to see hate breed yeah. And I did not know how crazy they went yeah, because I've never seen Hatebreed. Like, I'm doing my bucket list stuff. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And there was a guy in a wheelchair. I had to put my foot under his chair so he wouldn't fly back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pops is rad, too. There's a, there's like, it's like, there's like a hot dog factory or something like that around there. So it like kind of smells like hot dog or something, right? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Shit's uh, wild. Shit's wild. St. Louis is wild. Yeah. I, I, and the other video I go to is in Des Moines. It's called the XBT Live Place. It's a small little venue, but it fits pretty good. The last show I went to see there was Alpha Wolf, Body Snatcher, and Vatican. That would, that would have been sick. I, dude, I don't remember the last time we were in Iowa, I'll be honest. Actually, I remember the last time we were in Iowa. It was like, probably close to 12 years ago, and it was a lot of fun. The show was amazing. I, we just, it's tough. tough, man. It's tough, you know, playing towns like that, because you never really know what you're going to get, you know? You never know if... If you're going to get a turnout or it's going to be a ghost town. I love playing little, you know, little towns. I, there's a town in, there's like Spokane, you know, up in Washington. It's a smaller little town, but I love it up there. I, I, they, they take really good care of us. Ryan takes good care of us. And um, the shows are always ripping. But it's just, I, I understand why sometimes people pass by places like that because it's a little bit of a crapshoot. But I'd love to go back. Oh, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, so I'm in the Quad Cities, which we have four little areas. Like, we have Davenport, Bendorf, Rock Island, and Moline. Okay. And we have a venue in Rock Island now uh, that, believe it or not, we've had uh, the last 10 come play. Okay. The IR just came and played. Oh, shit. Oh, we'll CJ was very sick, that, though, that day. Oh. I look up to CJ, like, because, like, when he does his, you know how he does his speeches on stage about certain things. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we've had, uh, last year we had Fit for Autopsy. And that was absolutely crazy because I was like, Never thought I'll see fit in my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we had Dying Wish, and now we're going to have Lip Biscuit at our fair. The son of a bitch. Okay, well, you proved me wrong, <laughs> man. Yeah. I got to, uh, we got to, we got to try to get out there. Yeah, if you ever want to get a hold of the major promoter, I love the Rust Belt. Don't get me wrong. I love those guys to death. We're getting, uh, and this year we're getting Under Oath and, prefer, uh, I can't even say Preferby. We're getting that to her. Uh, but if you guys need to hit up a booking agent, I'm going to give a shout out to my home, uh, my brother, uh, Sam Kester. He has been doing music promoting 25 years. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, right now we're trying to just uh, write 
and um, I want to support. I don't really like headlining that much anymore. Um, it's too much stress on me. I, I'm not. I'll fully admit that I'm not exactly uh, the uh, the most stress-free person. <laughs> so having having all that excess stress on me, uh, being, being kind of like the the face of things, is not it's not something that I have a ton of interest in. And I also, you know, going on and like crushing for like 25 to 30 minutes is, in my opinion, it's just more fun than you know, having to crank out like an hour of stuff. And it feels like, you know, there there are lulls sometimes in sets when you see headliners. Unless it's, you know, like one of the greats or something like that. I feel like, you know, sometimes some of the fat could be cut out and I don't really I don't know. I don't I don't want anybody to not have a good time when they see us. So the goal is always uh, just support, at least for now. And uh, you know, crush as much as we can, anyway. So, oh, yeah. with that said, I, I, yeah, I, I, if we landed something, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my thing. I think that it's cool. Like, I love see. Like, I love seeing like some bands more than others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like last year, uh, this lady took me out to go see Drowning Pool. She got mad at me because I, I told her I was all like I'm used to the, uh, like the style like the keep it moving like the fast paced stuff now so like when you go to like something like drowning pool you're not gonna have that much fun because they're not up to your pace and like I love those guys but I fell asleep during their set. Oh word! <laughs> well, shit, man. I mean, yeah, you know maybe it's just not for you. Yeah, I, I don't really listen to drowning pool a ton, but like you know there's. There's some bands that I still love. They're a little bit slower pace. Like, uh, I mean, I just, it's just totally different. But I went and saw Roger Waters, like, two months ago, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I just, it kind of depends on, uh, you know, your mood and if you're actually interested. And you don't have to be into everything, you know? It's, it's, oh, yeah. I think it's crazy when people, they... They fall apart when you, you know, when you say you don't like something or it's just not as interesting to you that, than it is to them. That, that sort of an attitude for me is crazy. It's like, I, I don't, I don't like mustard on my, on my hot dog. You know, some people do. It is what it is. Yeah, I got a friend like that. His name, I love him to death and he's going to probably kick my ass. So, like I said, I have a, group of buddies that we all go to shows together because we're technically like each other's support for each other. Yeah. yeah. And our group and like he, one of the guys is like, I don't like death metal. And my friend Hodge is always, always like, you just don't know what good music is. And he's all like this. It's not my thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't drop the topic. Yeah. I mean, it's what it is. Yeah. I like death metal. I like, you know, death. I like death core. I like, you know, metal metalcore I, I like I like music you know it's it's I don't have a, a, a style that I that I enjoy more than anything else I listen to a little bit of everything and it's crazy you know when 
you get people that try to just like lump you into one thing. I definitely agree with that. Like, like I haven't like I don't I, I listen to everything. I try to give everything. I, like, I showed my cousin. Like, I was like some days. A lot of people probably are gonna kick my ass for saying this, but I, when I smoke weed, I listen to Beethoven. Believe it or not. I like Beethoven. That's I like stuff. Bach. Yeah, I, Chopin. I mean, all that stuff is really cool, man. Hey, you, like, you ever listen to Arvo Part? No. Arvo Part is great. If you, if you like classical and stuff like that, Arvo Part has some really, really moving pieces. Huh. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, so are you guys, uh, question for you, are you guys writing new music? We are. We're basically done. Um, we're writing an EP. I don't particularly like full lengths anymore. It's a lot of work. And, um, um per- you know, personally, I, uh, I find myself listening to, you know, five to seven songs on most records anyways. And calling it quits. So, you know, unless you're unless you're writing like a like a masterpiece, like you know, where owls know my name or something like that, I, I'm probably not going to listen to the whole record all the way through. And I feel like I'm not alone in that. So, I don't particularly have a ton of interest in sweating and like you know trying to like crank out stuff that's half-ass so I figure you know we'll just do at least for now do you know EPs and stuff put out five song EPs six song EPs and stuff like that and uh, so yeah the goal right now is roughly the springtime we'll have we'll have a new EP out for for everybody Um, yeah I'd be I'd be lying if I said that uh I wasn't semi sort of holding up the process right now because I, the older I get, the harder it is for me to pattern and to write stuff that I really have interest in because I'm not as angry as I used to be. I'm extremely busy with life, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough, but the processes we're in, we're deep, deep into the process. You know, I have, I have a couple songs written. I think, I think I have three, three left that I got to write lyrics for and then we got to go in track and mix and master and do all the announcements and all that crap and, you know, have everything all processed up. And so I'm, I'm, we're, we're shooting for like spring. That's what's up. I'm definitely looking forward to it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think that the the last EP we put out was a lot of fun, and it was a little different. And you know, I feel like just as a band, we've never really had like a locked in and sort of uh, you know, like this is exactly what you're going to hear. You're going to just expect this. You know, you know, I I don't particularly like to you know put myself into a into a box like that. So. Um, I think that we did that again with this record. I, I think that uh, a lot of people are going to be really surprised at how technical it is and, and how fast it is. Um, I think the last stuff we put out was pretty fast, but this stuff is like, it's hard to write to how fast. 
it's for me anyways because i you know <laughs> i'm used to dirt you know more like caveman stuff you know like big grooves and stuff and this is it's fast so Ooh, there we go yeah um who takes part of the writing process with you guys so it's me and john john has been a guitar player that i've been working with for uh, uh, he's John and I are the only I don't know, members, I guess. Karen, our our long term drummer, I guess he's a member. I don't know. Uh, he, he he's been in the band for I want to say like eight years, and John's been in the band for like eleven years, ten years, something like that. So you know, it's, it's kind of the three of us. But it's mostly just John and I. We, we write everything. We got some help on this record because John is full time uh, doing. He he texts for a handful of bands. So uh, yeah, at, uh, yeah, he uh, he has a hard time finding time to write. And uh, I I can only like and 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 and. And then, and then, and then, you know, do that, do that sort of a thing so much. I, you know, I am, I'm a singer. I, I like to say that I'm a pretty decent musician, but when it really boils down to it, I'm, I'm a singer. So I'm not going to be a ton of help. So we, we got some help from a couple of buddies this run, um, on some different stuff, but yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, it's, it's been a process to, uh, to get things done with as busy as we've all been because we're not young men anymore. We're adults with mortgages and, you know, stuff like that. So it, it kind of, you got to put things into perspective and being in a, in a, uh, you know, in a, in a legacy deathcore band isn't, you know, isn't gonna make me, my, isn't gonna make me, and isn't gonna make John, not only rich, but it's it's not gonna pay the bills. So you know, yeah, it's, it's just reality. We gotta we gotta take our time with stuff. So when I see things like you know, like I don't understand why you guys don't put out stuff as much as you used to and stuff like that, it's like well, you don't really understand. I don't understand. I don't understand why you don't understand that like life gets in the way. You know. There was a global pandemic that happened. You know, we everybody had to scrounge for every dime that they got during that that time period. And then after that, it's like you're fucking off to the races. Once once things opened up, and basically, at least John and, and John Garrett and I, we all committed to work in order to like try to just like you know break get back to even with our lives, you know, cause I wasn't personally, I wasn't somebody that was gonna, uh, take a ton of government subsidy. Um, I paid my rent every month. You know, I, I had the ability to do that cause I did have jobs that I could, uh, that I could, you know, that allowed me to pay my rent every month. I know a lot of people struggle and they didn't have that opportunity, but you know, my goal was, you know, never, miss a payment and that was that was my sole goal at that time so um yeah i just definitely i, I had to i, had to I definitely had to make shit work i definitely understand that like during covid like before i did the podcast i was a music promoter but like i worked at walmart full-time yeah 
so like i was doing the grind like i was doing like like music promoting for a side thing yeah i never everybody was posting statuses like this i can't wait till shows again and they're like i'm just like this you guys gotta understand i gotta work a full-time job to pay my bills yeah i can't i was like i'm putting in the grind but i'm gonna work first before anything else because that comes first. Like, I'm not going to live on the street. How am I going to support the thing I love if I can't afford anything else? Yeah, I yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, it's... It was a fucking... I mean, it's, it's the weirdest time since, what, 19... What, was that 1918 or whatever, when the Spanish flu happened? Yeah. You know, I, it, we haven't... No one in our lifetime has ever seen anything like this. So... It's just, it's something that we weren't prepared for. I think we did a few things wrong, you know? It's just, it's natural. We, things, things fall apart when, oh, yeah. when the entire world is melting down. And I think that uh, everybody just had to do what they had to do in order to, uh, to better themselves and to take care of themselves, and rightfully so. I think, you know being a little bit selfish and in this time is completely fair. Oh yeah. Like I definitely love like, how like I like, I told one of my friends, like he asked me the other day, he was all like this. Are you ever going to do music promoting again? I said, probably not. I'm probably going to step back from that. I'm probably going to do a podcast. Then I'm working on a project with some of my friends, but I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. Because I'm still, like I said, I'm still doing the full-time job. I I work my five to two, come home, and pay my bills, then take a shower like a normal dude. And yeah. I, I, did I, expect, uh, I didn't go to college for or anything for any of like my, my, the music. I, I just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, do what you gotta do. I uh, I didn't step into a college either, and you know it is what it is. I I decided to go fuck around and play rock star for you know all of my twenties and now into my thirties, and I've I've made things work. You know, it it just the reality is if you're gonna do that, you gotta understand that you're gonna have to be creative and you're gonna have to figure out ways to make money and. You know, it's it's tough sometimes, but that's kind of what you're walking into. Is you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta shoulder a big burden that comes along with it sometimes, and that burden is sometimes being dead ass broke, or you know, not knowing how to how to do things and figuring it out on your own. Yep, that's how I feel. Like the project I'm doing, um, I have a friend who's the vocalist named Zach. And I told him, I was like this, I will give my dedication to the band, but my thing is with it, I'm not going to do it if you're not. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, we both uh, we both work full-time jobs that we know, like, we're in our late, I'm in my late uh, 20s, I'm about to be 28 in two weeks, so I'm not trying to, like, yeah, it would be nice to be going on tours, yeah. But I, I should have developed something a while ago. Yeah. But. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even worry about going on tours, man. I would just, you know, try try to play some shows. 
you know? Write some music. I think there's too much, there's way too much focus on, like, getting signed to record labels and going on tours and stuff like that. And just, just play some music, you know? Get into a yeah, that's practice right. space, practice. You know, have a good time with your friends. Make some new friends along the way. I think this, this, like, this, like, desperation to be on a record label or, like, you know, to, like, go out and, like, tour and stuff like that is, it's, it's in, it, in reality, it's, it's not a great, it's not a great life. Try, just try to, you know, play some shows and, like, write some music and even record some stuff, right? Recording music now nowadays is unbelievably easy. So just kind of make that the focus right now. And then, you know, if stuff organically starts to happen where, you know, you, you decide or, you know, you, you get some buzz and you want to go out and do like a regional run where you do like, you know, three or four cities or something like that. Go for that, you know, try just baby steps. Trying to go out, like I see bands and I, I get, I do that, I even get offers sometimes to like headline these like, these tours where it's like, we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you like, you know, $100 a night. And it's like, it's like run of like 25 shows. And I'm just like, dude, like, it's just not, it's not realistic. It's not, it's not a realistic way to live. There's, you know, I'm feeding, I'm feeding five people, basically. There's four of us in the band and we have a merch guy. So I'm feeding those five people. Gas is astronomical right now. You know, doing inflation is through the roof. The idea of getting paid, you know, money like that is just that's it's it's frankly it's a little insulting, but it's also just like you know, it's it's like it's sad knowing that a lot of bands out there will take that just to be out on the road, and you know, I guess. You got to go out there and you got to get your start some way, but it's also tough seeing bands go out there and do that and get buried in, in, in debt, you know, whether it be credit card debt or, you know, like borrowing money, money from your family that potentially might not even have, have it, but they're supportive. So they're trying to like support your, uh, you know, your dream and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's hard, man. It's hard. Oh, yeah. I definitely... I, I agree with you there. Like, with everything, like, I I believe, like, putting in the grind and everything, but do it if you have the, like... So I, I, I believe in saving. Like, I had a room... I have my roommate now. Yeah. Taught me. He's all like this. You gotta be financially smart nowadays. He's like, yeah. if you're not, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I don't think enough people talk about that, man. I think that... There's still this, like, uh, there's still this, like, uh, you know, kind of old school mentality of, like, you got to go out there and you got to, like, you got to, like, eat shit for forever. But there's smart bands out there that, you know, from the get-go are figuring out how to do things in, like, a financially so much more productive way, you know? These younger bands, they're just, 
they're more savvy than a lot of us older guys were. You know, we grew up, you know, taking shit jobs and stuff like that, you know, when we got home or, you know, uh, not really, like, putting a whole lot of, like, emphasis on the fact that we do have to come home at some point. And unless you have, like, a supportive family that's willing to, like, take you in, you're going to pay rent at a place that you're not going to be able to afford, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. So, um, putting some thought into, you know, where to start is, I think, super important and, and needs to be emphasized more. And I know that, um, you know, it's, it's going to hurt some feelings, but it's just reality. You know, I think that some people out there, they, they're fucking losers and they don't want to admit that, you know, they don't know what they're talking about and they've never done it before. I'm, I'm giving you, you know, 15 years at this point of experience. And, and, you know, the way that I, the way that some people, I saw people fall off along the way. And it hurts. It bums me out to see those people fall off because they just didn't have a plan. And, and you know, when, when you see somebody shitting on somebody because, you know, they gave up or they, you know, or they don't do it the way that they used to do it, it's, it sucks. It's, it's, it's ugly. It makes that person look ugly because they don't know what that person goes through on a daily basis in order to, you know, make this fucking music work, you know? make something that, you know, potentially is like a second or a third job work, you know, so. That was definitely inspiring, bro. Sorry, man, I, I didn't mean to get all, all, <laughs> all good, like, like, I was like, I, I'm not tearing up over here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard out here. I respect that. For a, for a, a deathcore singer. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I, my ex lives on the West Coast, and she just told me like I see we we still talk because she when she moved we were still good on still good terms. Yeah, and she just moved to Washington, and her job just came up to her and said, uh, told her, well, because she was from here and she's not used to like the job she was from with, and they just laid her off. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm just like this. She's like, is there any way you can help me? And I'm just like, help me? You know? <laughs> I was like, you're the one who moved. Yeah. I, mean, with the yeah, I don't know, man. I <sighs> I told her moving to the West Coast wasn't going to be cheap. Nah, the West Coast is not cheap. It is. It's out of control here. I, I live in Portland. I got two bedroom, one bathroom. Very standard home in Portland now over the last, you know, 10 years. Is it half a million dollars? Holy hell! Yeah, it's it's insane. I grew up here. I don't I don't want to leave, but it's it's getting harder and harder to live here because you know between tax the tax rates being out of control and the the rental prices and the mortgage prices being dangerously high, frankly, you know, a lot of 
families can't can't afford to live period uh, um, in in this city or even in this region. And I, I, I'm not totally sure about this, but I'm pretty sure that uh, you know, Washington. Most of Washington is just as bad, if not worse. So, you know, it's credit we live in. You know, in my opinion, I think we live in the most beautiful place on the planet. I live in the only natural rainforest in America. You know, it's 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 fucking beautiful up here. It's green. It's you know, it rains here still. Which you know is a rare occurrence anymore. It's kind of crazy to think that like that's where we're at. You know, we're like the whole fucking world is burning down, and I still have you know rain and stuff like that. So I got big, beautiful trees in my yard and stuff like that, and I got a big garden in the summer and stuff. So I don't, I don't want to go. But man, I you know, it's hard to afford living in in beauty, and it, it but it makes sense. Yeah, like I for a while there, I was looking to move to Minneapolis. Yeah, and I was like, it can't be that bad. Then like I typed in, thank God for the internet because you can look up anything. Yeah, and I seen the rent up there, and it was like fourteen hundred. I was like, oh, 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 that's oh, that does hurt. I was like, I don't even pay that. Does hurt my wallet. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a two bedroom, one bathroom. I pay nineteen or two thousand a month. Holy hell! Yeah, I mean, Damn. It's, just, it's kind of the reality of it, man. You know? Yeah. Like I'm lucky enough right now. The apartment I live in is uh, two bedroom, two bathrooms, and we play uh, eight sixty. But who knows with us renewing the lease here in a month? Let's see what happens. Eight sixty for a two bedroom, one bathroom. Two bathrooms. Two bedroom, two bathroom. Yeah. Fuck out of here, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, it's regional though, you know, like it, it is. I live in the boondocks of <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, yeah. What can you do? Yeah, like I tell everybody, I live in the armpit. Like when I talk to other like people from like other like regions, I'm like this. I live in the armpit of the United States, pretty much. I live in that catty corner, like in the middle, where we're not that too uh, cheap, but we're not that expensive either. Sure. I mean, but I think people can find you know find something beautiful about it everywhere. It's just you know. I wanted to live in Des Moines, but that is like nine sixty five a month, dude. And I'm like, that's not bad. But that's in the bad part of Des Moines. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you live in live in the better part of Des Moines, you're looking more like the Washington rate. Like you're looking at fourteen hundred to two grand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've got a fourteen hundred dollar house or fourteen you got a fourteen hundred dollar apartment in in Oregon or Washington, I mean those people those people are doing you a, a serious solid. Crazy. It's usually, like a private, a private person that's taking care of you. I, you can find you find beauty in everywhere you live, man. Like, especially if 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 you toured as long as I have, like I could, I could live anywhere. I I can you know, I can sleep anywhere. I 
I, I figured out how to, how to do things that a lot of people can't, you know, just by being put in situations where, you know, you can, you can sleep anywhere. You can, I can piss into, I can piss into anything. <laughs> if, if you put me in a vehicle and you give me any sort of a container, I can piss into it. That's the thing. Oh, wow, that's talent right there. <laughs> that's the things you learn how to do when you're a touring musician that people don't tell you about. That's the reality of like some of the stuff that we, uh, we we uh, we pride ourselves on as musicians is being able to uh, I, I yeah I can I can piss into anything at any time and I can I can usually find a bed just about anywhere whether it be you know a concrete floor or uh, you know a, a side stage anywhere so it is it is what it is. I haven't toured like you have, but like I can pretty much sleep anywhere. I went to the mall on Black Friday and laid like sat on a bench and laid my head back and fell asleep during chaos. I was just like this. <laughs> it's going. Everybody's like, "How the hell can you do that?" I'm just like this. You just feel comfortable around your surroundings, and if <laughs> you just get used to it, natural. So, all right. I don't think I have any more questions for you, brother man. Yeah. So, if uh, you have...